human design, I feel like it is the nuts and bolts of who you are. It's kind of like your instruction manual. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 91 of That's So Maven. I'm so excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Camp Wellness, the boot camp. As you guys know, this has been a labor of love, and I'm so excited to announce that it's officially here. Enrollment is now open and will be open for the next week. So if you would like to join us for this first session of the boot camp, I'm going to include everything in the show notes for you guys to sign up, but just to give you guys a little bit of information about it, it's a six-week boot camp where we're going to go through identifying your passions, getting clear on your audience and your why, helping you to grow a business and actually thrive and make money. This is something that I did not have when I got started on my business, and I'm not here to brag about my own success. I'm simply here to try and mentor and help you guys along the way, something which I definitely did not have. And it took about three years into my journey to finally realize that the foundation to a great business is being able to identify your passion and your why and know who you're speaking to. And there's a lot of work that goes into that. So I'm really thrilled that the first two weeks of the boot camp focus entirely on this. And then we get into a lot of practical advice and tips for growing your business, including building a website, SEO, my best tips for marketing, including how to grow your business without social media. We're definitely gonna be chatting about social media, but I am a huge proponent for the idea that social media is not the be all and end all of your business. And it's really important to learn other ways to market your business and know that you don't need to depend on social media. And then a lot of the nitty gritty stuff that maybe isn't the most exciting, but is important to know like contracts and invoicing and media kits. And we're gonna be giving you sample templates of all of these that you can customize. So it's an incredible six week boot camp. I'm so thrilled that it is finally here and that I can offer it to you guys. So if you wanna find out more information, I'm including it in the top of the show notes where you can sign up. Again, enrollment is open for the next week when you're listening to this, and then it will close for an indefinite amount of time. We'll decide when we want to open it again for our next class, but I encourage you to sign up so that you can make your way through the program and make 2019 your best year yet. So let's talk about today's episode. We are chatting human design, and I'll be honest, About six months ago, I had no idea what human design was, but then people kept talking about it with me. It kept coming up. People were asking me, what is your design? What is your profile? And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And by the fourth person who recommended it to me, I was like, okay, I got to look into this. So I went online, I did a little quiz, and it gave me all of this information about myself. And I was like, whoa, this is spot on. And I know not everybody is into this kind of stuff. And you know, you read your horoscope and you're like, this could apply to anybody. But for me, everything resonated. And so my friend Kelsey Patel, who was here on the show, actually recommended somebody that I speak to. And her name is Amanda Green. She is a human design specialist and consultant, and she will go deep into your chart and tell you things that you didn't even know about yourself. And I was a little skeptical at first, but after chatting with Amanda, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So you're actually going to hear a little bit about what human design is and how the concept was put together. She's going to do a reading on me so that you guys can get a sense of what that actually looks like. But truth be told, we probably only get through about a quarter of it. So I actually have an appointment with her to finish the session to find out more about myself. I will definitely keep you guys posted on that and some more information that I learned. But I think there's a ton here in today's episode that you can learn from and I'm just really excited to share this with you. I've now since told so many friends that they need to go online and do the test themselves, but I will say doing a reading was far more informative than what you can get online. So I'll include a link in the show notes where you can go and do a test on yourself. It gives you kind of the overall information, but if you want some like ways that you can actually use it in practice and things that you can learn about yourself that would be helpful personally and professionally, I would say a reading is definitely the way to go. But at the same time, if you just kind of want to see overall which category you fit into, going online is a pretty good way to do it. And I just want to say going into the episode, I know this doesn't always resonate with everybody that, you know, fitting into a specific category isn't necessarily 
ideal for people and isn't necessarily the best way for some people to identify. I think we can fit many different labels in our lifetimes. And, you know, I've done some reading on Kurtz and some of the stuff like totally doesn't relate to him at all. So some of it might relate, some of it may not. Again, like any episode of the show, I encourage you to dig in deeper, learn more, see how it applies, see if it can be useful to you. And if it isn't useful to you and it doesn't resonate, then let it go. And that's totally fine. But with that, let's jump into today's episode. Here's Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here on the show today. You were actually recommended to me by my friend Kelsey Patel, who was a guest here on the show a couple of months ago. And it just kept coming up in the universe that I needed to know about human design. People just kept telling me that I need to learn more. I need to talk to somebody. I need to get a reading. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show today to answer all of my questions and to do a reading with me and hopefully introduce this to people who have never heard of human design before. Absolutely. Kelsey is the sweetest, and I'm super happy to talk you through your chart. Amazing. Okay, so for people who have never heard of you and have never heard of human design, why don't you give kind of an intro to who you are and also how you found human design? Okay, so my name is Amanda. I'm a human design reader. I've actually been studying astrology since I was, gosh, in my late teens. And Astrology is one of the aspects to human design. Human design incorporates astrology, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, as well as the chakra system. And it's a lot newer than astrology. It was founded in the 80s, and it was received as a download to the person that founded the system essentially while they were on a meditation for, I think it was about eight days or so. So it is relatively new, but it does incorporate a lot of astrology. So it can sound a little bit familiar, but it can look a little confusing when you're looking at the chart. Well, yeah. I mean, I you can go online and you can like get a reading in the sense that like you put in your birthday and it'll tell you kind of the overall feeling of your chart. But the first time you right. see it, it's like, what the heck is going on here? Right. Yes. It's really hard to really know what you're looking at. So I'm here to make things far less complicated for people. That's <laughs> I awesome. just want to make it more accessible. Yeah. So my question for you is, how did you find human design? Like what about it spoke to you in a way that maybe astrology didn't or, you know, kind of what is it about human design that you really connected with? Human design, I feel like it is the nuts and bolts of who you are. It's kind of like your instruction manual. So astrology gets more into the story and really romanticizes it and gives you a lot of the why. But to me, I gravitated towards, I wanted to know a lot more about the what. And human design gave me that. So it was easy to make that connection from astrology to human design. And with some of the ways that you can look at the chart, you can see the astrology in it very clearly. And that's what really attracted me to it. It kind of gave me the missing pieces. And for me, what I found was that it, it helped me with having tools to navigate situations that come up in the future in the way that I felt like astrology didn't where astrology yes. helped me better understand kind of who I am right now, whereas human design has helped me be like, okay, this is who I am. And as these situations come up, I now know how to better navigate them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And it really black and white tells you like – really honestly, how different everybody is. And it's really easy to understand that when you've seen your chart, and then you've been able to see somebody else's like, they literally don't comprehend things the same way that you do. You just see through a different lens sometimes, and you're made in a different way. And it just makes it a lot easier to relate to other people. Completely. I mean, there are people in my life who I have just a hard time conceptualizing how they see the world. And I can see that they have a hard time conceptualizing how I see the world. And I've done a couple like, it's hard to know for sure if it's their chart, if you don't know their exact birthday, like the exactly. time of birth. But I've done some digging and there are just people in my life where I'm like, oh, that makes total sense why we will never see eye to eye on this. And it's almost yes. like you're better at accepting those people for who they are and kind of standing more in your truth when you have this understanding of it. That's what I found at least. 
I agree. I agree. I find that a lot too. And I find that sometimes when I am at odds with somebody who maybe like I don't know their chart, we're not close like that. I can kind of guess what's happening there absolutely, <laughs> and, and have more compassion and more understanding and, you know, to have more of a boundary. Totally. So mm-hmm. let's start by breaking down the chart because there's so many different pieces to it. I think what people become most familiar with is probably the, the different designs. So the five different designs. I'm pretty sure there's five, right? Yes. And, you know, those are really about as vague as saying you're a Capricorn. Right. So not all Capricorns are going to be the same. And the newest type, which is what you are and myself, is manifesting generator. Um, that sometimes gets lumped into the generator category, but it really needs to be on its own. So you have manifesting generators, generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. Reflectors are the rarest. They're about the 1%. So let's go through each one and chat a little bit about what they mean. Like you said, it's a pretty vague kind of overarching category, but there are distinctions between each one that I think are worth noting. Yes, for sure. For manifesting generators, you have the highest energy level out of anybody. So before you need to go to bed at night, you have to burn that all out, whether that's physically or mentally or you're going to be tossing and turning all night in your sleep. And something that manifesting generators and generators have in common is that if you're doing something that doesn't light you up, it's going to so quickly suck the life out of you. And (laughs) Which I'm laughing because it's just so true. (laughs) Right? And you're like, why am I so exhausted? It's because you're not lit up. So, you know, one of the most common complaints or frustrations, I should say, that the manifesting generators and the generators have is being stuck in a job or a relationship that doesn't work. Absolutely. And I think back to like six years ago when I was stuck in this job that I absolutely hated and then I started a blog and it just lit me up. That's where I wanted to invest all of my energy. I knew my passions were there. It was just so clear to me what direction to go into. And I think anybody who is either a generator or a manifesting generator will identify with this feeling of like complete lack of any kind of fulfillment and then how opposite it can feel when you are just so completely fulfilled. Right. Totally. You can go all day without even eating and realizing it. You know, you can work, you can work through the night if you wanted to, if you're that lit up about it. And The one thing that's different about, well, there's a few differences, but one big difference from manifesting generators is that you're not really designed to have a linear career path, like that traditional, I'm going to be an accountant when I'm 18 and I'm going to retire at this same firm at 64 and a half and collect my pension. Like that's not how it works. Like you have so much energy. So there's lots of different passions and projects that you're going to want to take on over the course of your life. You're it's not going to look the same as what society wants it to look like. And people can look at us as flaky, but that's not what it is. It's more adventurous because you have the highest level of energy. You're meant to quickly take on something and master it while it's holding your attention and then move on to the next thing. Absolutely. So I think it's important that we kind of identify the differences between manifesting generators and generators because they are similar, but there are some differences. They're very, very similar. For the generator, they're not going to have all of those different multitasking passions that we have. They're going to be seen as more of the reliable nine to five. I'm not saying that that's what they have to do, but they are the ideal candidate for today's traditional workplace. But the thing with them is that if they're entering into it and they didn't check in with their authority and it wasn't right for them, they're going to plateau and they're not going to be able to continue. It will also suck the life out of them. Absolutely. And then mm-hmm. and then there's manifestors, which is a separate category from manifesting generators. So let's talk about manifestors. Right. Manifestors. I have a five-year-old boy and he's a manifester. Oh, wow. I, I feel like you have a handful. <laughs> <laughs> I see it big time. I'm the founder of Human Design actually made a joke when a manifestor is born, you know, and then the mother holds it. The mother's like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, how do I control this child? So Basically, with manifestors, they have to tell people what their intentions are so that they can either hop on board and help them or or just not. 
and they don't want to um, initially because they feel like others are always trying to control them. So a famous manifestor, for example, would be J.K. Rowling, you know, the woman who wrote all the Harry Potter books. So she had her vision. She went and she did it and put it out there. And she's going to need some manifesting generators or some generators, the people that have that natural engine to come in and kind of help her vision come together. And then we have projectors. Projectors. Projectors are going to be the management of the future. Right now, I think it's mostly geared toward manifestors. You know, they say what they want and then everybody does the thing. But projectors are going to be the ones that kind of sit back at their desk and they're like, let me know when you have a problem and I'll come help you fix it. So for them, what they're going to want to do is wait for people to ask and then they know exactly what to say or what input to have. I have a sister-in-law that's a projector and she is a psychologist. And that's totally in line with what she's doing. People are coming to her and asking her for her insight and for her assistance. And they don't have a natural energy center like a generator or a manifesting generator. So when they're riding that wave of that energy, when they're in, you know, close proximity to somebody that has that energy, it can really wear them out and they need to disconnect. So there's somebody that's more likely to have to take a nap or take a break or really disconnect. And that has nothing to do with laziness. It's just in their design. That's the way that they're supposed to be. And what I find really interesting about human design is that it's become obvious to me how, as a society, we value certain qualities over others where there are – it almost seems like there are – just ones that you would want, like finding out that you're a projector is like, oh, well, you mean I, like you were saying, like in the future, it's something that we'll value. But a lot of it is about deconditioning from what society has told us are valuable traits and embracing what we have, because none of these are meant to be better or worse than the other. No, absolutely not. We need every one of these types so that we can work together and move forward as a collective. And, you know, sometimes people do have a disappointment to find out if they're a projector. Like, what do you mean I'm not supposed to just go out and initiate and make it happen and hustle and this and that? No, that's actually not what we're supposed to be doing. So, you know, don't even worry about it. Like, you're super valued. You have a lot of insight. And when people ask for it, you're seen as that leader, but in a different way than society is viewing leaders right now. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. let's tap into the last one, which is the rarest. So reflectors, which I find them so fascinating. So tell me more about them. Reflectors are so fascinating. They are lunar beings. So the way that they make decisions is they have to let the moon go through all of the gates in their chart before they can really make a big decision. So that takes about a month, a moon cycle, essentially, it has to light up all of those gates, they have to mull it over, um, they can talk to people. But essentially, that expression isn't asking for advice. It's just so that you can go through the mechanics of your own thought process. And they have all of their centers open, which means they have no channels, because when you have a channel, then you have definitions. So they have everything open, but they're the least likely to hold on to heavy conditioning. It's so interesting, because, you know, when I think about it, it's like, it seems very overwhelming to be a reflector, because you're taking on so much energy from people around you and so many of the traits from people around you. But what a relief to not have this sense of conditioning from from the world and from society that tells you that you have to be a certain way. Right. And you do need boundaries and you do need to disconnect. Absolutely. So I wouldn't recommend for a reflector to go on a three-day retreat with a manifesting generator, you know, hip to hip, 24-7. That would be exhausting. So they do need time to disconnect and step back. And um, one celebrity reflector that I will tell you is Sandra Bullock. Oh, interesting. That kind of yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, it is interesting. And, you know, you can find reflectors in all walks of life. They're just not as common, but it's always very interesting to look into their chart. I really love when I get to come across a reflector. <laughs> so beyond just, you know, what your overall human design is, there's something called your authority. And so within, 
you know, your human design, would you call it a, it's not really a sign, but just really your design. And within your design, there are nine different authorities. Is that right? Well, within your design, you have your strategy. So it's how you're supposed to wait to respond to something, how you're supposed to wait to make a decision. And then your authority is going to be essentially what part of your body or for reflectors, what part of the moon cycle, you know, you're supposed to wait out before you can make that decision because we're not here to make decisions with our mind. And that's what gets people messed up, you know, and it still happens to me too. Like my logic can run back and forth and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, like you have to be in your body to make these decisions. Definitely. And I find that when I, you know, it's funny, as I learn that I'm a manifesting generator, part of that means that I'm meant to respond to things rather than, you know, initially throw myself into something in the way that a manifester might. And for me, that was so enlightening because I find myself like I'm very quick to react sometimes when really what I'm meant to do is like take a second or take a day and allow things to kind of sink in, feel it in my body, and then make a decision about something. And it always comes from a better place when I give myself the space to do that. But uh, someone who's a manifester, that might not feel great for them. Oh, totally right. And above all, you are a manifesting generator, but had you had the definition in the solar plexus, your authority would be emotional, but you do not. So it is sacral. The emotional authority will always override whatever is typical to the design. So let's chat about those different authorities. So for me, I have a sacral authority. What does that mean? So the cliche, go with your gut, that literally applies to you. So you're going to feel it in your gut and you're going to either pay attention to your body language. If you're leaning in towards something or if you're backing away, that's very important. If something's not a for sure yes, then it's either going to be a no or an ask me later. So sometimes it'll be right, but the timing won't be right. So you might have to wait for that one. And then also listen to the sounds that you're making. If you're even something so simple, like being at a grocery store, right? And then you're at the bakery counter. If you're looking at the different things they have and you see this one pastry and you're like, "Mm," you know, like that's the one for you. But you don't have to wait for that to happen to make every little decision in your life. But it's very important for the super big ones. So you do have to check in with your gut feeling for that. And I have like such a clear gut feeling about things. I I thought everybody was like that, but apparently I'm wrong. No. It, for me, well, it's like I, I open a menu and I see something and I know that I want it. Like I'm, I've always been a very decisive person because my body tells me like what I want and what I don't want. Sometimes I don't listen to it. Sometimes I, I just let my mind get in the way and I right. you know, find myself on a path where I'm like, how did this happen? But when I truly listen to my body, it always knows the answer. Exactly. And and that's amazing. And not everybody can hear it, I guess, how I would describe it. But once they're aware and they can start checking in, because we were all conditioned growing up to use logic. Totally. Just to let our mind make those decisions for us. It's so easy to just steamroll over everything else if you don't see the black and white evidence right in front of you. Totally. Okay, so let's look at the centers on your chart. There's nine centers. And I see here that you have your head center, it's open. And with that, what I want you to look out for is impulse purchasing. Mm. And with this, it's a really good idea to keep a shopping list or an ongoing shopping cart on your phone or whatever, or wherever you have that. And let yourself kind of detach from that energy and go back to it and reevaluate if that's something that you are really interested in. And another thing about this is you can easily get lit up by somebody else's energy about something that they're excited about. And you can instantly think it's your new passion. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) That happens to me too. And it's, it's so easy to get on that train and really like plug into that energy that they're having. But again, make a list of ideas and go back to it later and see if that was really something that you were into or not. It's not good to immediately act on something like that just because somebody else is really excited about it. 
See, it's funny for me, the thing that comes up is I, I love to learn. I love taking courses. I love learning from new people. And so I find myself like buying all sorts of like courses that are out there and signing up for like different types of trainings. And I, I love all that stuff, but then I'll be so overwhelmed. So I think it, it would be good to just write down all the things that I want to learn and then give myself time to make my way through them rather than trying to do it all at once. Yes, exactly. And you know, the next thing I was going to say about this open head center is that you seek inspiration outside of yourself. So listening to podcasts, getting those courses, reading the books, talking to people, that's where you're getting all of your mental stimulation from. You you know, if you get on an airplane and you have no books, no phone, no audiobook, no nothing, forget about it. Oh my God. <laughs> I like just like, I just felt my, I literally felt my like gut shut down. Cause that, yes. <laughs> that is like my worst nightmare. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is the worst nightmare. And then imagine heaven forbid, nobody speaks your language, then you're really in trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next center just under that one is the Ajna. And you have that open, which means that you can see both sides to a story or an argument, um, but you can have a hard time making up your own mind. Hmm. Interesting. I like yes. that. That resonates with me, where I feel like I'm pretty open-minded in terms of like believing that you know there are many sides to a story. I think I usually know an answer to something, but my mind will be indecisive about things. I think my mind can get in the way. Right. And you can really overanalyze yeah, it. Exactly. And just go over it and like totally kill it. Yeah. <laughs> but another thing about this is that if you find yourself gravitating toward that one friend to make a choice and kind of talk it out with them, they might have this definition and you just needed to plug into it. Not necessarily that they give you the right answer that you were looking for, but just to even be in the aura of that definition. I'm pretty sure my husband has a defined mind. So that could be why I always turn to him for advice. And he never has the answer that I want to hear, but he helps me tune into the answer. That is so funny. My husband, same way, I'll ask him and he'll tell me the answer and I'll usually do the opposite. I just needed to talk about it to his face. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, and I get frustrated because I'm like, that's not the answer I want to hear. But the truth is, is that I didn't need him to give me the answer. I just needed to plug into somebody who could help me figure out the answer. Totally. Totally. Yes. Yes. And they can be like, oh, why, why do you even ask me? You never take my advice. Well, it's about the energetics of your advice. <laughs> exactly. So if you go below that, you have a defined throat center because you're a manifesting generator. So having this defined throat center means that you have a very set way of speaking. It doesn't take you to run in circles to try to make a point. You have a very concise delivery and it's going to be consistent regardless of who you're speaking with. I would say that's true. I think that comes across, especially like on social media and on my platforms, my voice is pretty consistent across everything. Yes. Yes. Below that, right in the middle, there's a diamond. And depending on what software you're looking at, the one that I have, it is highlighted in yellow, which means it is defined for you. And again, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but if whatever is white is not defined, whatever is colored in is defined. Right. And so, so each center is either defined or undefined. Right. Exactly. And it really doesn't matter what color it is, just as long as it's either colored in or it's empty. Yeah. So you have this center defined, which means you have a very fixed sense of self and you have a very fixed set of values. There's nobody that can convince you otherwise. It's what you see is what you get. You like me for me, that's it. Like, I'm not here to change. I'm not here to be changed. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> and that can feel very safe to people that don't have this definition. They can really gravitate toward that because you give them a feeling of safety. Oh, that's interesting. I totally see how that makes sense. Yeah. So there really is no positive or negative way to have the definition in your chart. We really need everything so that everyone can be supported and work together. Right. So is it common that a reflector might you know, be attracted to, I don't know if attraction is the right word, but gravitate towards somebody who has a lot of defined centers? Maybe. 
But maybe not, I suppose. Maybe, maybe. It really depends on what else is going on in their chart and also their profile. True. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of parts of it. And, you know, when you're looking at couples, I don't think that there's people that are incompatible. I think it's just a matter of understanding how each other is wired so that you know how to communicate and work together. So I think everybody is good together. Okay, that makes a lot of yes. sense. Yeah, we can all we can all work together and and make it happen. So the next center I see is going to be underneath that one a little bit to the right. This is your heart or your will center. You have this open. And when you have this open, it means that you're not competitive, but you do want to be competitive. And that um, strict New Year's resolutions and routines like strict diet programs or exercise regimes like they're not going to be good for you. You're not going to be able to sustain it. And then you might beat yourself up about it because of the person that has this definition that is a total rock star in the gym every day, you know, sticking to the whole 30, keeping their resolution. Here we are in April. It's just not meant for people that don't have this definition. So just consider that no routine is your routine the whole miracle morning thing that people do is amazing. However, it would be better for you if you woke up and you're asking your body, what would serve me today? Do I need to do my morning pages? Should I do my meditation? Do I do my yoga? Do I have my tea first? It's going to have to be kind of less structured and more checking in with yourself about that. I feel like the listeners are like, yep, that's her. That's totally me. I think I like at times can kind of play into needing consistency and routine in my life. And then there are other times where I'm just like, screw it. Like, this is not who I'm supposed to be. Right. And a lot of people can feel so free when I tell them that, like, thank you so much for saying that. It makes me feel less down on myself. And don't be down on yourself. There's people that are meant to be doing that. And then there's people that are not meant to be doing that. We need both to support one another. Absolutely. What is next here? I see that you have a defined spleen center, which means everybody has intuition, but you have really good intuition, survival instincts, and you get that sick feeling in your stomach when something's wrong. Oh, yes. Oh, it's like it to a fault at times. Yes. Yes. It alerts you of danger and it gives you that quick reaction. I don't know if you've ever been I mean, heaven forbid, if you've ever been in a situation that you felt was really dangerous, you would be the person that would know how to get out of there safely and immediately, whereas others without this definition might be like a deer in the headlights. I have kind of an interesting story about this where just thinking back on it, I wonder how many people in the room had a defined spleen and how many people didn't, where I went to go see a movie. This was a couple of years ago. And... Mm -hmm someone walked in right before the lights turned down and he was acting kind of strange. No one really knew what he was, or at least I didn't know what he was doing. And then he walked to the front row of the movie theater, dropped a bag and then ran out. And I immediately <gasps> went on high alert. Like I, I was like, we gotta go, we gotta go. And I was there with my husband and he didn't notice a thing. And like, I would say about 25% of the room stood up and was like out of there. And, you know, dragging – and then the other, like, three quarters was like, what the heck is going on here? Why are you getting up? And some people followed, some didn't. And we all – eventually everybody got out of the theater. But I would say it was probably around a quarter of the theater went into major high alert and was like, let's get out of here. And I, like, I was so attuned to what was happening. And I immediately flew up, grabbed my husband's hand, and ran out of there. Wow. And in he the end, he was – open spleen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the end, it, you know, it was okay. He was just kind of a, a quirky guy who didn't realize what he was doing. But I, I just think back to that moment. And I've had several moments like that where there's just this feeling that's like, this is unsafe. We got to go. That's amazing. I have an open spleen and my husband has the definition. And we have been in a situation that was very dangerous. And I was deer in the headlights. And he was the one like grabbing me, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And after a minute, I was able to plug into his energy and 
you know, we made it out safely, thank goodness. But yes, that is, that's very interesting that you bring that up. Yes, he does and he have does center open. He does mm-hmm. have an open spleen. So oh, yes, there you go. yes, yes. That's exactly. Well, thank God for you, right? <laughs> I, that's what I tell him all the time, right? <laughs> so what's up next? So I see, of course, your sacral center defined. That's your energy. That's like the life force of the planet. We already went through that in regards to your um, strategy of, and authority. And then I see to the right of that is your solar plexus. Now, that one is open. That's your emotion center. And when you have this open, that means that you can really absorb or amplify other people's emotions. You're not really meant to sit with them for a super long time. So you can walk into the room and you can feel like you can cut the tension with a knife. And you can start to be in somebody's aura who's upset and you could start thinking that you're upset. You could think that that belongs to you and it doesn't. You have to disengage and separate yourself from that energy to reground yourself and shake it off because you're not meant to sit with it for too long. So you're not just going to wake up on the wrong side of the bed or feel down in the middle of the day. You're going to be pretty level most of the day until somebody you're in somebody's aura that shakes it up. Of course, you can experience your own emotional reactions, things happen in your life and things are upsetting, but you're not meant to take on other people. And this is really the design of a true empath. You can absorb it and think it's yours, or you can amplify it back to somebody. So if you feel like you were, your husband said something and you sensed the slightest bit of attitude from him, you can easily take that and throw it back times 10. And then he's like, Oh my gosh, what was that about? And then you're like, but you gave me attitude first. And he'll be like, no, I didn't. Like, I thought I was sly about it and that you wouldn't catch that. But no, you're going to catch it every time. You're going to throw it back and it's going to be real big. (laughs) Totally. And I think I've learned to kind of embrace parts of it as being really positive because parts are very positive where I can walk into a room and I can totally sense the energy and the vibe of what's going on there. Always. I just have to be very cautious about how much of that I take on myself. So anytime I host an event or I'm teaching a yoga class, I have to come home and do a ritual to literally like get rid of all of the energy that I picked up from from that event. Otherwise, I take it on and I, I can't like be in my body. It's like very overwhelming. Yes. Yes. That is definitely something just always get yourself out of the situation and ground yourself and start over again. Totally. Start from your baseline. After that, at the very bottom of your chart, there's a square that is your root center. And you have this defined. And what I'll tell you about this is that you're meant to feel the pressure of essentially procrastinating. That sounds like (laughs) something negative, according to society, but that's actually correct for you. So if you wait till the last minute to do something, that's how you're going to get that kick to do it and make it awesome. Totally. I mean, I do so much better under pressure. Like I need that kick in the butt and I I just perform best when I feel like I'm on a tighter timeline. When I have all the time in the world, I'm just going to put it off until the last minute, but it always, it always pulls through. Yes, exactly. And that's correct for you. And somebody could hook into this energy and start doing that themselves, even though it might not be correct because they have it open and they're going to crash and burn and it's going to be really hard for them. Absolutely. So that's, those are the nine centers. Everybody those has- Those are the nine centers. Everybody has all of them, but it just depends on whether or not they're defined or undefined. Right. And you can receive conditioning, like for example, the will center- That one you can receive negative money conditioning, which is something that I hear a lot about now, which is something that people are trying to change if they grew up and there wasn't enough and you have to work hard for a boss you don't like to get paid too little. That conditioning can really sit there and really form your relationship with money, which is something I want people to be very careful and very aware of. And you just have to shed what isn't serving you and keep what is serving you. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a good segue into the profile. Let's do the profile. Okay, so your profile is a 5-1. And being that you have the big number first, you're here to have more of a transpersonal karma. So you're somebody that can 
get into social media and you can watch the news and you can do things like that and it's going to be okay for you. You're here to serve other people as a means to serve yourself. So being the five one, you are here to be a mirror to other people, whether you know it or not. And sometimes you might feel like somebody doesn't like you for no reason. Has that ever happened to you? Definitely. Yes, because they're seeing in you that very shadowy thing that they don't want to deal with within themselves. Yep. I, I mean, and that's what I've learned, especially when you, you know, when you share a lot of yourself with people, it's really easy to get consumed with how other people feel about you. And I've learned that the people who are most triggered by me and the people who I'm most triggered by usually have something about them that they don't like and that I may not like about myself. Yes, exactly. And that can be really tricky because if you're in the incorrect environment, you're going to be the wrong mirror and everybody's going to project all these things to you. And in a group of people, you can be seen as the bad guy. But also on the flip side of that, in a group of people, you can be seen as the savior. So you do need to find a balance and define the expectation. So if you're there to do something for somebody or help people with something, you need to be very clear with exactly what you are prepared to deliver. Because if they have a higher expectation that maybe you do, or maybe you don't know that that's what they expect, then they can be very disappointed if it is not that and your reputation could suffer for it. Mm, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it yeah. like that. How do you set those expectations though? Just being really clear, if, for example, if you have a friend that's calling you and she's like, oh, well, I need relationship advice, you know, such and such with my partner, then something you could say, and this is on a smaller level, is I am not an expert in this, but maybe you should do that. And it is your choice. Take it or leave it. I'm not saying it's going to work, but here it okay. is. That makes yes. sense. Or if somebody's expecting you to get a project done for them. Just outline exactly what you're going to deliver, what you're prepared to deliver, because they might expect XYZ and they're just not telling you. Some people don't even realize that in not communicating their expectations, people literally don't even know what they are. So while they might think they're common sense, like we probably don't think it's common sense. So it's really good to just kind of rehash that and to go over what you're prepared to deliver. So my question for you is, like, I feel like that makes sense in a professional setting in order to set those boundaries and those expectations. I feel like in a personal sense, it's really hard to, you know, because I feel like people aren't even aware of the expectations that they set on other people. Right. It's important to redefine relationship boundaries, especially. Yeah. So with tricky relationships, like, you know, sometimes relationships with your siblings or parents could be tricky, you know, it could be in-laws, just always making sure that you're having that boundary and not letting them in, you know, being that you have the open solar plexus and you can be such an empath, being careful that you always have that emotional boundary set. I think I've I've put a lot of pressure on myself to like set those boundaries for myself because it feels easier to control than controlling other people's boundaries. But for me, you know, it's interesting that maybe it just requires a bit more courage to like stand in my truth and not feel as uncomfortable to set those boundaries. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's just going to flow a lot easier and it's going to go a lot better if everybody's happy and everybody knows what's going on. Another part about this profile is that people might think that they really, really, really know you, but there's either one part of you or parts of you that you're not showing to people, whether that be everybody or it's kind of like a mix and match depending on who you're with. But you do have a part of yourself that's sacred that you're keeping to yourself. And I don't want you to feel like you're being secretive or inauthentic or hiding something. It's important that you have that for yourself. That makes sense. And as far as the first line of that profile, the one, that's the investigator. So it means that you don't do anything without a proper amount of research. And that can sometimes hold you back from doing anything at all. Yeah. That I, you know, I think I've overcome a lot of that where for a long time I was very paralyzed in indecision if I hadn't put in what I felt like was enough research. 
But I've also realized that some of the best things that have happened in my life were as a result of just allowing myself to like learn and fail and grow from them. So I definitely still have an inclination to like research something and analyze something. But I also feel like I've been able to get over some of that. Right. And you know, it's fine because on the high vibe of that, people will see you as super knowledgeable, right? So you said you're married. So I'm sure you know everything about what it took to plan your wedding. (laughs) So if you have a friend that's getting married, they're going to ask you, they're going to ask you all the questions, just like, you know, my best friend's having a baby. So she's asking me all the baby things. I have a five-year-old and I also have this in my profile. Like people know that you're going to know because you've done all the research. They know that you're, you know, it's fun to do the research. Just don't let it paralyze you. Don't get into that analysis paralysis. Totally. Yes, that is very true. Where I, I have a funny story where, we got into a really bad car accident. This was a couple of years oh my ago. Gosh. And everyone was okay. But my dad joked like right after he was like, somehow I feel like there's going to be a blog post out of this and some kind of lesson learned. And it's so true that like, this is why I have the platform that I do is because I love, I love new situations, learning how to navigate them than being able to provide some like wisdom and insight on it. Yes, exactly. And, you know, what a blessing to find the good thing that came out of an unfortunate situation. Yes, totally. So that's going to be your profile. Um, What I do want to tell you really quick about your chart, if you're looking at my body graph, it will show this to you. I know this, this is the one of the places you can get your free chart. So next to your head, there's going to be two arrows on the right and two arrows on the left. All of your arrows are pointing to the left. Yes, I see it. Yeah. That's going to mean that you have a very strategic mind. So for you, something like making the really strict business plan is going to serve you. Having an Instagram strategy, having marketing strategies, that's all going to be in line with your design. Let me see, actually. And it would even support you to have somebody else doing some marketing for you. But you can have that plan. I know that a lot of people are going to disagree, but the all right mind is designed to have a little bit more of a vague plan. And by what I mean disagree is that a lot of people think that you should never just like get into business and not have a plan. That is true. Yes. But sometimes there are certain aspects within that, that you're going to have to leave more open to see what happens. And for you, you can be a lot more strategic. So even when you're manifesting something, you can ask for exactly the thing. And that's going to serve you a lot better than being vague about it. It's just so true. Like (laughs) I, I do best with a plan. Yes. And go with that. Stick with that. For when people are like, oh, for your business, just go with the flow and see what happens. That's an all right person. You're an all left person. That's not right for you. You have to have that plan. You've got to have that strict business plan. You be very Capricorn about it. And, you know, you can reevaluate and change it, but it's what works for you. Totally. It's going to be to your best advantage. And another thing, what I want to tell you about these variables, a couple of things that I picked up really quick is that the way you're eating, it's going to be most advantageous to your digestion if you're eating foods that are above your body temperature. Oh, yeah. Like like warmer foods? Yes. Warmer foods. Yeah. I mean, that's me. Like I love soups and stews. I don't do great with like a lot of raw salads, raw veggies, anything like warm and cozy. Just I just do so much better with that. Look at you. You're already doing it. (laughs) I just know, you know, through experience, it's like I don't rule out anything. Like there are times when like I do want something that's more cooling, but I just – I'm someone who eats soups in the summer. That's just who I am. Yes, and that's going to be how it's going to be easiest for you to digest your food. So keep on doing that. That's amazing. All the acai bowls and smoothies and stuff, that's going to be something you should probably use in moderation. Well, it's funny because my my husband actually makes fun of me because he calls my smoothies like morning soup because I I don't use anything frozen in them 
because I I don't like anything cold. So I'll have like a room temperature smoothie, which like sounds disgusting to most people. But for (laughs) me, and I like to eat it out of a bowl, like not not from a straw. And it's like a room temperature banana. Everything is room temperature. I drink water at room temperature. I just don't do well with anything cold. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so you nailed it. (laughs) That is so interesting. That's so interesting. Another place um, for your environment, you are a kitchens person. And also within that, being in a humid environment. So you work from home. I do. So if you have your laptop, like on the bar top in your kitchen doing your work, then that's right for you. Don't don't be hard on yourself for not using the home office that you just renovated and made beautiful. I mean, I literally only use the office to record podcasts. My husband uses the office all day, every day. But I, with the exception of like needing a quiet space to record podcasts, I'm never in the office. Are you in the kitchen? (laughs) I'm. Well, the kitchen is kind of an extension of our living room. Like it's all sort of one room. So I'm usually in the living room or I'm like, in the kitchen doing recipe stuff. So yeah, I I would say I'm split between the kitchen or the living room. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, that's correct for you. Um, Don't feel like you have to stick to a strict guideline of what an office should look like. It would be, um, it wouldn't be as good for you creatively, I think. And to also get the perspective that you need if you were trying to narrow yourself to that. So Working yeah. around your kitchen is going to be the best. And the energy of the kitchen, it's very creative. It's very transformative. Totally. So, yes, you're going to get your creative juices flowing in the kitchen. I always find I'm like – I'm just most creative in the kitchen and I just – I gravitate. I'm one of those people who – you know when you have a party and everybody goes to the kitchen, they're like, why is everyone in the kitchen? I'm like, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to be. And like people congregate in my kitchen all the time. Yes, Yes. What is that? People always go to the kitchen. Isn't that right? Yeah. That's so funny. I just like being in there. Yes. Okay. Why don't we jump into just kind of an overview of the gates and channels and what it means to have them um, filled in or not? Yes. So for the gates and channels, a channel is going to be when you have both sides colored in and it's going to connect one center to the next which would mean that you would have that center defined as well as the one that it connects to so if you have a center that's open it might only have a gate highlighted coming off of it it's not going to be the full channel connecting to something else so anytime you see a defined center it means that there's channels connecting it for the gates You'll also have um, defined and open places in your chart. And again, as with the rest of this chart, this just means that you have a consistent way of doing it when it's defined and then you're open to conditioning and a little bit more flexible when it is open. And the colors on here, the red and black. So the black is going to represent your conscious personality and then the red is going to represent your unconscious personality And that's going to be a lot about the way other people see you, but you might not be aware of that on your own. And if something is like partially colored in, like say you have, you know, a defined gate and the channel is halfway colored in and then the other side is not defined, what does that mean? You just have the gate. Okay. So it's not, it doesn't affect the channel in any way. You just have the gate. You just have the gate. You don't have the whole channel. Okay. That makes sense. I wasn't sure if it was like something where, you know, it's something that you're unaware of. But isn't it that you could interact with somebody who has the other side filled in and it could bring out that quality? Yes. And a lot of the times you can gravitate towards those people as well. And so that's why I said earlier with reflectors being attracted to a certain type, it's really going to depend on the rest of your chart because it depends on what gates you have and what is not filled in that could, you know, opposites attract. You could attract in those people as well as I want you to notice here also if you have something that's red and black striped that that doesn't mean anything unusual. It just means that you have that definition from the personality side as well as the unconscious side. Okay. And what is the overarching difference between a gate and a channel? A channel is going to link two energies and two centers together. Okay. 
So in terms of like information that it provides you about yourself, is there a huge difference? I wouldn't say that it's a huge difference. It just gives you a more consistent way of doing things. And going back to what you said about being attracted to the person that does have the energy on the other side of where you don't have definition, the planets are also moving through all these gates all the time. So those are going to highlight different energies. And that's another way that you can work with energies that you don't have defined in your chart to really get support to have that temporary burst of feeling the energy to get the thing done in your chart. And I totally have that. I have days where it's just like I have so much inspiration and I tap into a part of myself that I'm like, where has that been all my life? And then I wake up the next day and it's like gone. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, it's it's going to be some, – sometimes you can feel like, well, she said I was a non-emotional, so why am I feeling so emotional and I can't figure out why today? It could be the way the transits are highlighting the chart. Mm, okay. It's so yeah. complex. Like there's so many pieces to it. This is why you have to get a reading done. Otherwise, like I wouldn't even know how to kind of navigate all of this. Yeah. And we're just getting to the beginning here. Um, A reading is going to go into all of your gates and channels and it's going to go a little bit deeper, but we're just keeping it simple for the sake of not having a three hour podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So let's chat about the nodes then. Yes. So the nodes is something that I kind of wanted to tell everybody about because it can give you a lot of insight on the right side of your chart on your, the, where all the black coloration is, where it's your personality, mm-hmm. the North node and the South node are going to be, the North node is what you're going to look at for what the energy that you're moving into. And then the South node is what you're going to look at for the energy that you're moving away from. And for you personally, what I'll tell you is that your South node is wanting to say yes to everything, even though you know you should be saying no. Hmm. Yep. That. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So just that obliging energy could be something that you're shifting out of now or shifting out of in the future. But that's something that you're meant to get away from. But your south node can be so comfortable for you to sit in. It can be such a comfortable default. It's going to be more uncomfortable to shift into your north node because it's going to be less familiar for you. Your north node is going to be having the energy to manifest the next new experience, but the intensity of the energy might burn out other people around you. And it's all about creating new experiences, which can be exciting, but it also can be kind of crazy and just waiting for that right timing And realizing others might not have the same intensity as you and you can push them away with that energy. So is that, uh, you know, is that something to be embraced that it's okay to push people away with that? Well, not everybody's going to be able to ride on your energy train, right? Yeah. Because you're a manifesting generator, but just having that just joy and zest for life and just wanting to jump out of bed and seize the next adventure. And it's going to have to be a big one because, you know, mundane things aren't going to be amusing to you and not everybody's going to be on board and that's totally okay. You don't have to go back to that obliging energy. Well, okay, well, I guess we can go to Applebee's again. You know, like, (laughs) no, I'm not not known for for the mundane. It's like every day people are like, well, what new business have you started? (laughs) And that's been kind of my life was for so many years saying yes to other people's versions of me and other people's desires and not wanting to disappoint people. And I'm slowly moving my way through it. I can't say that I'm out entirely, but just learning that it's okay to say no and to be okay with the discomfort that comes with that and embrace all of this like newness and this desire to create really big things, even if like other people are like, you're kind of crazy. Yes. And people will say you're crazy, right? Because, (laughs) you know, manifesting generators, it feels like you live so many different lifetimes over the course of one. I don't know about you, but for me personally, 10 years ago, feels like I'm thinking about a story somebody told me about what happened to them. Yeah. It's like yesterday feels like I'm a new, yeah. whole new person. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's so much evolution. So 
you can help other people and agree with them and and go with what they're saying if it's right for you listening to your body and getting that gut feeling about it but defaulting to obliging and saying yes is an energy to move away from okay that's really really helpful i didn't know too much about the nodes and now it, like it just everything i've discovered about human design just so resonates with me so there's no surprise here that like this is entirely what i'm about and what i'm working through right now yeah and if you look at the rave mandala view of your chart on my body graph it'll be a circle and you'll notice it has all the signs it looks just like a birth chart it's just not at the same angle considering a rising sign it's not broken into houses but your nodes in your human design will sit in the same sign as they do in your astrology it's just a micro view of exactly where they are that makes sense but would that mean that like one would be your sun sign and one would be your rising sign. Would that connect it all to the nodes? Your rising sign's not going to be in your human design chart, but your sun sign's in here. Your sun, here, let me look around the wheel here. Your sun, you are Virgo. a Virgo. Yep, your sun's in Virgo in gate 59 right there. And you have all of your conscious, all the black ones will be the ones that will be consistent with what's on your astrology chart. All of the red ones will not be. Okay. I have so yeah. much reading I need to do on this. I am so <laughs> fascinated. I just feel like there's so much I have to learn about human design itself and also just as a tool to better get to know who I am and also the people around me. And I think what's really interesting is that it's less about like knowing who you are and more about sorting your way through the conditioning that you've had and how to step further into your truth. Right. And conditioning doesn't have to be something negative. There's right. conditioning that can serve you. Absolutely. It's just recognizing what it is that's keeping you small and holding you back. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, and knowing that if you have that open openness in your chart, you have the opportunity to change your story. Totally. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Obviously, there's so much more that we could get into. I'd love to either have you back here on the show or encourage everybody listening to go out and get a reading with you because, I mean, as you can tell, this has been so insightful for me and there's just so much more to learn. So I can't thank you enough for coming on and doing a reading with me and teaching me more about human design. Thank you so much for having me. And we need to chat after to go over everything in your chart. For totally. Sure. <laughs> so if people want to set up a reading with you or they want to find out more about you, where can they do that? So my website is intuitivegalaxy.com and you can find out the basics about the energy types. I also have a monthly subscription where I write about the transits week by week. That is also available there. And then I also have my booking page where you can book a one-on-one -on -one reading and I do harmony readings as well. So it's two charts next to each other. It doesn't have to be an intimate partnership, but it can be a business partnership, best friends, coworkers, whoever. So that's where you can find all of that. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. This was just so enlightening for me and I'm incredibly grateful that Kelsey introduced us. Yes, me too. Thank you so much. So there you have it. Huge thank you to Amanda for coming on the show today and teaching us about human design. I hope you guys found it informative. And again, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes where you can go online and enter your information about your birth date, and you'll be able to find out some information about your human design. And I asked you guys in the THM tribe if you like hearing longer intros and outros from me, and the feedback that I got was really to keep the intros shorter, just get right into the episode as quickly as possible, and maybe save some of the life updates till the end of the show for people who want to hear about it, and do more solo episodes when it feels right. So that's exactly what I'll be doing. So in the future, life updates, information about what's happening in my life, I'll be saving until the outro of the show. And I'm just really grateful for your feedback in the THM tribe. It's just such an awesome place for me to ask you guys questions, get feedback from you that is really useful and helpful. So thank you to everybody who responded to that poll. I'm glad I can make this show as awesome as possible 
for you. In terms of life updates, as I'm sure you could tell, Camp Wellness is really my focus right now. I am so excited about this boot camp that it's finally live, and our first round of campers have actually gone through it. So everybody who attended the Camp Wellness retreat actually gets access to the course. So all of them have started, and it's been amazing to receive feedback from everyone saying that it has been really helpful for them. And I can't wait for more of you guys to sign up and go through it yourself. Again, I'm here to answer questions, so if you want to ask them in the THM Tribe, it's a great place to do that. It's just facebook.com groups slash THM Tribe, or head over to campwellness.co, so .co. There's a bunch of FAQs there that should be able to answer most of your questions, and you can always message me on social media if you have a specific question for me. So it's just the Healthy Maven, and I would love to connect. So I want to thank you guys so much for being such amazing supporters of the show and of Camp Wellness. I feel incredibly grateful to be able to run the Healthy Maven and Camp Wellness and support you guys in your personal and professional endeavors. I could not have asked for a more fulfilling career, and I just feel really, really lucky to be able to be a support system for you, whether it comes to making choices for your health that support your overall well-being or professionally being able to move forward in a way that's in alignment with your values and see you guys thrive because that's all I really want for all of you. So with that, stay tuned for next week's episode with someone who you're probably all familiar with. So my husband, Kurt, will be on the show for the Valentine's Day episode. He was on the show last year, and you guys seem to really like that one. So I'll be asking you guys on Instagram to ask us some questions. So if you're not following me on Instagram, make sure you do that so that you can ask any questions you have of us about, you know, individually or as newlyweds, what that looks like. So it's just the healthy maven. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys again next week. Have a good one. Bye.